You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, it is the weekend. Happy Friday to you all. Welcome to EVH and Gear TV. We are live, a little bit of a different format this evening. Uh, we are joined tonight by two incredible guitarists, Ian Thornley and Sean Tubbs. And we do have to apologize, Chelsea Constable was on the roster for this evening. But she had a couple of kind of not an emergency things, but things that needed some serious um, attention at home. So we wish her our very best and we will have her back for sure. It was definitely going to be something that would be nice to have all three of these uh, fantastic musicians together. Unfortunately, that wasn't in the cards for this evening, but we're going to have some great guitar discussion insight. Uh, just about everything we can uh, throw out your way, guitar way tonight. We jumped over to the chat much, a bunch of times, but let's start off. Ian Thornley, John Tubbs, how are you doing, gentlemen? Doing great. <laughs> good to have you both back Ian. how are you man i'm okay i was just telling you guys before uh, i'm just getting over a cold um yeah i've been super busy uh so yeah i might be i might sound a little choked up i might be clearing my throat or, or sniffling a little bit but um you know other than that i'm i'm golden wow you sound dead sexy to me man <laughs> <laughs> i think Ian at his worst can sound pretty darn good yeah yeah that <laughs> <rat>. <laughs> We're, we are happy to have you back on the men, though. That's that's a good thing for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, do you do any kind of, uh, I mean, this was not this was not anything I had scripted for this evening, but do you do anything kind of like uh, any home remedies to when you feel the bug coming on, or what do you normally do? Um, yeah, I uh, when I'm on the road, it's one thing um, because you just can't get sick. And I always feel like, because um, for some reason, when we do a, a like a big tour, like a major tour, it always seems to be in January or February in Canada, um, and and inevitably somebody's gonna somebody's gonna get sick on the bus, which means that you know eventually it's gonna make its way around to me. Um, so I, I always feel like even if I feel something coming on, I always feel like I'm just putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then I get off the road, and uh, you know maybe three four days later it I get steamrolled by it, you know. Um, so when I'm, when I'm not on the road and I get, I feel like I'm getting sick, like I did last week, actually, when we, we played a show in Newfoundland, I think, I think two weeks ago and it, it was either in Newfoundland or on the plane ride back, but it was several days after when I got home and I was like, all right, um, I just kind of, I just kind of let it happen, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to fight it. And then it's sort of lingering and it's kind of there, um, so I just kind of let it go full bore, which is stupid and lazy of me. But uh, there's, I have this sort of, um, you know, I this this my personal theory is that if I just, you know, I'll get through this, and then my immune system will, will, you know, bounce back, and then I'll be bulletproof for you know another year or something, you know. Take a couple punches, and and you're okay after. Yeah. That. yeah, and when I'm on the road, man, we get into some weird stuff. At least I do. And certainly to all of us start to get into like we will bring spikes with us and a bunch of B12. And we used to have uh, our sort of our security guy slash bus dad, mom guy, yeah. big Chris um, was this huge guy. And, and he was the only guy who had the who had the the balls to uh, to poke us with a with a needle. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd get B12s like every every two days and we're all a bunch of wimps. So we'd like go in the back lounge and 
Chris would be there back there with alcohol swabs and, and spikes, like, you ready? Okay, and then you wipe your, your It's placebo, but you always feel a little bit, you know, a little bit jazzed after after you get uh, stuck with a needle. Because um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a wimp. I, I hate needles. Um, but yeah, that and 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 drinking uh, drinking pure juice ginger, which is brutal. Okay. Uh, and I actually did that. I did that. The juicer that we got on the last tour is now with me. I just moved house, and and uh, I have room for it in the new kitchen cabinets. Um, and I juiced some ginger the other day and, and knocked it back. I, I tried to convince my daughter to try it. She wouldn't go for it. But, uh, yeah, ginger and, and, you know, there's a there's a bunch of remedies that uh, if you're going to get sick, you're going to get sick, you know. That's um, true. That's I, like some people have told me it's a, a lot of it has to do with probiotics in your stomach. If you can keep your, keep your guts healthy, you'll be able to fight anything. Um, and I've, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of that's true. I just, I have a hard time remembering to take a, a little pill every morning or, you know, um, knock on wood, heaven forbid I ever had to, you know, I, I would, I'd be terrible at it. I'm always, my mind's always on other stuff. You oh, know? I can imagine. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, whatever. I just try to keep my hands clean and try to make sure that anybody that gets sick, you try to quarantine them as much as you can into their own bunk and, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, but like I said, it's one of those things you're living on a tube with like nine or 10 other guys or girls. And, you know, somebody goes down, it's just a matter of time until you're all touched by it. You know? The thing, the thing that happens is that's the common with all of us, you know, you're starting to feel sick and it's already too late when you're feeling sick, it's too late, yeah. but yeah. if you can prevent the measures and here's something I'm not, I'm definitely don't want to get into a medical type of a show. Um, and I'm not one to advocate one way or the other, right way or not. But um, here at home, my better half, uh, Nocturnal Butterfly, Sandra Lee, and that she's running the chat here, she got really sick there for, for a better part of a year and a half, and we thought we were going to lose her uh, with wow. diabetes and um, this painful neuropathy thing with nerves. And she ended up saving herself by switching to like this whole food plant-based um, kind of lifestyle, like cut out you know, everything, right? And, um, and she's on the whole food plant stuff, and it saved her life. And what we're doing now to prevent... Um, you know, like the colds and things like that. We just bought this stuff today from uh, one of my clients who's a health food place, like this elderberry syrup, you know, and, and yeah. you take it before you, like you just take it every day. So like as of tomorrow morning, it's a, whether Junior likes it or not, here's your syrup, you're having it and it's yeah. a concentrate. So, you know, you take these things before you need them. Elderberries are not a lot of fun to get down either. I can no. imagine. I can imagine. I know. And you know what? We're going to tell Junior it's great. It's candy, you know, you know. <laughs> but, no, it's not. I know it's not, but I'll tell him. Ian Thorny says you'll like it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So how about Just you? Like, Sean? I was well when I was touring with Carrie, especially on the Storyteller tour. Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, it was real easy to get sick. I didn't. I was less apt to get. I would get like weird crap would happen. Like I'd get a horrific bursted eardrum, uh, bleeding, like ear infection. Uh, crazy stuff like that. But when I was out with her and I still do this, but I was cycling a lot. So I kept a cycle in the bay and on every off day, I would ride 30, maybe 50 miles. And, uh, and then my big kick was uh, juicing ginger. But what I would do, and most of the guys on the bus thought I was nuts, but I wouldn't do straight ginger, even though I, I'll do a shot of ginger. It's no big deal, but I would do about that much ginger. That's uh, about 
Yeah, and uh, a couple of carrots and a couple of apples. Yeah, and I'd crank that down, and and I don't I don't know if that's why I didn't get sick, but yeah. no, very seldom I got sick. Yeah, just... it's the bomb. Yeah, it'll keep you safe for sure. And elderberry, all that stuff, anything that's a massive like antioxidant. Yeah, it's it sucks, especially that stuff. You'll choke that down, but yeah, if you're trying to stay healthy and you got gigs to get through. Yeah. Yep. Whatever it takes. Right. And I'm glad to hear you guys support that as well, too, because I kind of needed that, you know, some other dude saying do it, man, it's good because I, I know she's going to be forcing it down my throat tomorrow, yeah. you know, but yeah. I, can't, I can't afford the time off either. Honestly, yeah. it's really, it's nothing. It's not. Like, yeah. Not if, if some of these guys can go to the bar and make these, you know, crazy, crazy concoctions and, and sick that down, then you can do something for your health. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, especially the vocalists that are trying to get the resin back in their voice. It, you know, a hot toddy won't kill you, mm -hmm. you know, just some whiskey and some lemon and just a quick shot. It'll definitely wake you back up. <laughs> right. It's good, right. It's good. Honestly, it's good for your voice. Um, I don't recommend doing that in the morning. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but to get through a gig, yeah, it works great. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Let's jump over to the chat for a quick second and come back to some questions to kind of get a catch up on what you guys have been up to. I'll start with you, Sean, in a second. Mm -hmm. so over in the chat, we've got Jack Clark. Scott Roos is here, fellow Canadian. Uh, Nocturnal Butterfly, who I just mentioned, is my better half here. She runs a very efficient chat. And throughout the evening tonight, she's going to be posting links for Sean and Ian, and Big Rec, and all those good things from Instagram to Twitter to YouTube, all that good stuff. Carlos Santon, another good friend of mine, fellow Canadian. Uh, happy Friday. I think I'll uh, sit back and watch tonight. I'm wiped. Uh, Richard Henry, he's tuning in from overseas, I think in Ireland. So he, and he's a huge fan of Ian's. He said he's put coffee on hours ago to stay up for this one. So oh. thank you very much for tuning in. He says 2 a.m. over here. Coffee's on the go. Looking forward to the show. Two monster players. Very nice for both of you. And mm -hmm. the monster player too. So it's nice when you hear, I love this fellow camaraderie of guitar players. It's awesome. Um, Leon Moen, Moen is here at 2 a.m. in UK as well, but ready for the show. Access Mario, who I know Ian knows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, great guy. And and Sean, you probably know either you know of him or of him. Access Electronics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mario. So yeah, he's got our own hero, Eddie Van. My own hero, Eddie Van Halen, got yeah. one of his buffers on the board for one time. I'm nice. sure things with him as well. Always nice to have Mario here. Dawson Lloyd is here. David Ennis is here. Uh, hello, Eric and Nocturnal Butterfly, and congratulations to David. Just got engaged. I heard recently, so fantastic. Five Guys Vines is here. Amanda K is here. Said he needs ginger, honey, and lemon tea. And I could do it. That's not a bad. Uh, I'll put it all together and, you know, mm -hmm. fix that up. Uh, Jason Hobbs. Hello, guys from Alberta, Canada. Fellow Newfoundland Newfoundlander here. Nice. Uh, nice to have the Canadian uh, people in the house tonight. Robert Apples here. Zinc is great for warding off colds and getting rid of colds quickly. Uh, let me see here. Uh, here's first question for Ian from the chat. Anyways, uh, Jason Hobbs says, hey, Ian, uh, how did you like the Newfoundland, Newfoundland St. John's gig? I heard some clips. You guys were playing great. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I've spent a fair amount of time out there, uh, but unfortunately I haven't played out there much. I, I think we, we played, Thornley played there two or three times maybe. Um, and then Big Wreck was, we were, we were slated to play there, but, but, and then, and then 9-11 went down. Oh yeah. We had a couple of gigs, uh, in and around that, that uh, like we were doing the symphony shows and whatnot, 
And I remember the Edmonton one, I think was three or four days after 9-11. And that was a trip. That was really um, hard for us to, you know, some of the guys in the band still have family down there that they hadn't heard from, like like in down in Manhattan. Um, so I remember that being a really weird time. And then, and then we were supposed to, a few weeks after that, we were supposed to go out and play in Newfoundland. Um, and we were all jazzed about it previously because we hadn't been out there. And I'd been telling the guys about Newfoundland and how much they're going to love it. And, you know, they'd met Newfies, but never been there. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, after all that stuff happened, everyone was like, you know what, let's, let's maybe not fly. Um, let's just chill for a bit. And, uh, you know, and, and then of course uh, we broke up shortly thereafter. So I, you know, and I, I don't know if the new, like like big wreck v2 i don't think we've been out there um save for last week or two weeks ago but yeah i had a great time uh, unfortunately brian couldn't make it so we did it as a three-piece um which is different and trying and, and has its own challenges and hurdles mm -hmm. uh, but you know i think uh i think with the right mindset and a great audience you kind of like you know, you sort of not throw caution to the wind, but um, you can you can sort of adopt this sort of optimistic view of the whole thing and not like, man, I can't believe I'm not hearing that second guitar part there and what a bummer. And uh, as opposed to doing that, it's a gay, look at this, you know. Um, and, and the audience really was great in that way. And maybe because we haven't been out there. Uh, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a really special gig. It was, it was great for us and, uh, and great for me especially you know I, I had a i had a i had a good night i had a good a good vibe and a good feeling from from the show that's good to and hear i love newfoundland I, the people are you know the people are great good people i've been out to uh, halifax and newfoundland all the way to the east coast twice and i think to the west coast once um but i find them very very friendly and there's a question coming up later on that someone's going to ask you about the three-piece and I, I when we get to it i'll just give that person credit because you answered the question already about being a three-piece um, it, the question he was asking is, how did you, you know, struggle or did you, how did you manage the, the three piece? But I think the fact is, too, like you said, too, like you're used to that other guitar, you know, and if you want to take a break and just sing, you can do that. But I, I but someone with your caliber as well, too, um, even though it may be outside of your comfort zone, you know. But yeah. Well, I, honestly, I don't think caliber has anything to do with it. Um, when you've been playing with, I, I mean, Big Rec was a, was a three piece uh, for about a year and a half. Um, just as we got signed, like, uh, you know, we were, Brian was in the band and that's how we started. And then he was like, all right, cause we'd been slugging it out. Um, you know, making like 20 to $50 a night for a while. And he was like, you know what? I can't, um, I, I'm going to go back to New York. And so he had, he'd gone back to New York and, and the three of us, uh, Dave and Forrest and I, um, kept, kept at it as a three-piece and it's just sort of i mean it's a it's it's just a different muscle i don't think uh you know i don't think the the amount of you know chromatic scales i've been running for you know it, it has nothing to do with facility or or you know caliber or how much you practice it's just it's just a matter of what you're used to and how you're you know how you look at it mm -hmm. um and then filling out the sound of course like it you know i'm used to i like I like things to be enormous. Uh, and Brian's like, you know, his, his playing and his sound is, uh, it's just, it just fits with mine always has. Um, and you know, when we went from five to four, 
there was there was I found that you know it was kind of nice having a wider lane and it was you know it reminded me of of old big wreck and then going back to three was was you know we had to rehearse um dave and, and chuck and i had to had to rehearse it was like well what tunes are we not going to be able to do etc um and it was it was promising it was like okay well it's not the same but it doesn't suck you know dave dave was a little bummed because he had to step up on vocals he's he's got a tremendous voice he's got a great voice un, unbelievable range uh he's got the same range as i do only it's it sounds cleaner because he hasn't been leaning on it for 25 years he's got a great voice he just that you know i don't think it's look for him it's one of those things it's not a it's outside his comfort zone uh so he was a little miffed but you know I, we got through it i just sort of said that to the guys I was like you know what everybody just sort of pig out extra 20 to 30 percent and we should be okay <laughs> overplay over sing you know that's right well every, every drum fill is a you know a home run around the days and um you know the solos are twice as long twice as fast i'll sing twice as high and twice as hard and we'll be fine you know everybody will do it well the thing is too about you and i'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot but you, your guitar playing has always been very layered very landscapey like it's it is yeah. wide to begin with so i think that there is an there is an edge there over the next guy that might just be you know a Les Paul to a Marshall you know and now we're one directional so I think that has uh, a little bit of a help. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, the added wrinkle for for me personally, which made it uh, a little more trying. We did two or three shows as a three piece, and it was just it was a little tougher because I wasn't using my own my rig like mm -hmm. it wasn't my A rig, and I've always sort of neglected the b rig you know the fly rig i'm just like yeah whatever just yeah give me a boost and put a delay on there it should be fine <laughs> um and it's really like you know it is and it is fine when i got brian there because <laughs> it's like yeah i got something to make me a little louder and uh, something to make me a little wetter you know, i want it to be cleaner i just turn the volume down it's it's and that's great but uh when i'm tied to the microphone and you know i gotta do all these scene changes and you know, and I can't just hit one button and have them all go, man. You know, I, again, you just have to have the right mindset and be like, yeah, you know, I, I blew that change, but uh, it's an adventure. You know? It is, but it is, and that's that's why I like listening to like. Obviously, I'm wearing a Van Halen shirt. You guys know much. I worship Van Halen, and that's why I love listening to old bootlegs from you know the 70s to the early 80s instead of these overprocessed, you know, multi-track things. And you hear Eddie and Michael just boom one guitar where there's normally three or four guitars overdubbed stuff like that and just the rawness of a, of a bootleg i love that so i would i would love to experience the band and the three piece i've seen your band i've played with your band a few times in the multi-piece band i'd love to see it once just as a three piece yeah well you know i, I hopefully brian's uh brian's gonna be good to go whenever we get another a gig before uh I, actually i don't know if we're gonna be doing that because we're i'm in the studio now so okay yeah, we're, we're gonna. It might be a little bit before we play another show. Who knows? No problem. Um, but yeah. But we'll talk about that getting out of the comfort zone. That's a really good thing. And I have a question later on in the program about um, you can both address this getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, something that Paul Gilbert mentioned when he's on the show. And maybe you guys can allude to that a little bit. I'm uh, just gonna go back to the chat for one quick second. We're gonna come back. We're gonna go to Sean. Uh, Robert Baker's here. Uh, nice to have him speaking. Robert. And a uh, nice little uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Tubbs. He says Mr. Tubbs in the hizzy, which he is here. Uh, as well, and Jason Hobbs has a uh, Jason Hobbs. Sorry, has a question about um, the sewer relic guitar, which we're going to address later. So Jason gets credit for that question. I'll bring that up later on. 
Um, we'll talk about that. So I want to just jump back to Sean. And uh, I know what Sean's been doing, and he's going to tell us. I mean, he's been busier than I don't. I don't know what I can use the analogy, but check out his YouTube channel today. And busy, busy, busy is like boom, video, 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 video. And I, I don't know how much work goes into these things because I do them as well too. Nowhere near on that scale. So Sean, other than producing six million videos, what have you been up to? And after you're done, we'll come back and ask Ian. Other than studio, which we he alluded to. So what have you been up to? Well, I mean, you know the. Honestly, it's it's really just been that lately because, um, you know, I keep threatening to do uh, a record. And, you know, what's funny is it sounds weird uh, as a guitar player because I love playing guitar. It's like I hate guitar wrangling. <laughs> it's like I love to hear people wrangle guitars, but I hate doing it myself. So it's like the problem with me is like I really want to do a record, but... I want to do a pop record with outside solos, short, like yeah. outside solos, and then come back. Um, I mean, I guess I'm kind of digressing. I mean, that's what I would like to be doing right now, but I can't get my head around like, well, what is a Sean Tubbs record when Sean Tubbs doesn't want to just play guitar all the time on the record? It's like, well, that's kind of a drag, and I can't sing like Ian freaking Thornley. <laughs> so... You know, it's a, I, I, you know, so yeah, I, my main focus right now is really trying to cultivate uh, my channel. Um, as most people know, some, I guess some people don't, I haven't made like this big advertisement of it, but I, I actually don't play with Carrie anymore. Um, I just decided to kind of turn the page. I've been with her for 11 years. Wow. And I uh, just thought, you know what, um, I need to just, you know, start carving a different path. It wasn't like I wasn't happy or, you know, it was just one of those things where I just had this gut. It's almost like an off switch. It's like, oh, you know what? I need to click that switch and turn on another. So I, I have been busy, but it's, it's yeah, my focus has been on doing these, uh, these demos and, uh, and just trying to kind of cultivate that thing. And, and, and at some point I would, uh, I would really uh, love to do a record. I just don't know how to do it. It's like I said, I don't want to do a, an all guitar record. So there's all the concepts of, well, why don't I bring in guest musicians and guest players and have them blow solos and melodies and then I'll do my thing. And then, you know, I, I guess it's a little bit ADD for me. I can't really figure out like how I want to do it, but the dream would be to just do basically a pop record and then take some outside, whatever that is, yeah. solo and call it a day but it's funny when when ian was talking about having to do the three-piece thing it's like i i know that thing well because i can remember being in australia and what would happen with carrie is if they wanted to do an acoustic set they would bring in four of us so that it was me uh jimmy herman was the fiddle player utility guy could play anything garrett goodwin and mark on bass so garrett on drums mark so it's the four of us we do an acoustic set we're in Australia and we hear this, we want you guys to do something bigger. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll strum harder. Just turn up the guitars. And they're like, no, 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 no. We actually want you guys to do something uh, electric. And man, it went from, I didn't, I don't have my guitars. Jimmy brought acoustic guitars and mandos. All of a sudden we're playing all backline gear. I got guys like bringing me stomp boxes. I don't know what this amp is. There's no rehearsal. 
mm-hmm. on on that gig, and we always pulled it off. And it's not like they're mean, but on that gig, you're just expected to do it. Yeah. There's no, oh, I don't think we can do that. But it was kind of the same thing, like Ian was talking about. Yeah, there was a little bit of panic, and then it was like, well, wait a second, the four of us as this core have been playing together for years. Yeah. And yeah. the set and it ended up going so well that Jimmy and I, because Jimmy is a fabulous electric guitar player, uh, the two of us would look at each other as a solo was coming up that normally I would take. And I'd be looking at him like, take a solo, babe. <laughs> He'd be like, no, I don't want to take a solo. And I mean, we're literally talking as the solo's coming up and we end up just splitting the solo. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's like, yeah. Um, it, it is. It's like, yeah, you have to be a musician. You have to be seasoned. But at the end of the day, it's like Ian was saying, it kind of is a, a bit of a muscle memory. It's like, no, we'll just we'll make this happen. No big deal. No one's going to lose a limb. It'll be beautiful. That's right. <laughs> That's, I wish Chelsea was here tonight because she could have told a really nice story as well, too. You know, she's played with a lot of her heroes like Steve Morris and people like that. And I know being a sewer artist, she'll probably be doing some things at some uh, sewer events with Ian. And I know it's one of her where she's really looking forward to that. But we asked her um, last time she's on the show, some of these people she's played with, uh, you know, shared the stage with. Um, and we asked her, like, how how do you, you know, get in that zone and not let nerves take over? And it's something every musician and entertainer faces. But, you know, you talk about muscle memory and things like that. And you rely on your experience. You go back to those days of the woodshedding and the yeah. practicing and the no social life. And, you know, what really sucked maybe, you know, as a young adult or a teen now comes to. You kind of re- you kind of reach back and grab those things that you worked on so hard for as a kid to get you through that, and then playing sure. with your musician friends for so many years, like you've done and like Ian's done. You know, it takes a second to reach back and grab it, but once you got it, then you're you kind of back in that comfort zone somewhat again. Yeah, yeah and, and then, you know, you'll miss some things. It's like Ian said. It's like you'll yeah, you'll miss some stuff. Meh, it's yeah, music, it's you know. <laughs> but you guys on stage are the ones that notice it the most. If I don't press the, the channel switcher on the amp to go back to clean for the verse, <laughs> volume down, yeah. like really, who really gives a shit? Like I'm the only one who's going to notice. And, and it's uh, if if I think if you're in the right headspace, then it's just kind of like you, you're able to just sort of shrug it off and say, yeah, it's really not that big a deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, literally on that gig for me, it was like, King oh, I'm in the court, and it was, but it, it actually ended up sounding really cool. It was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that wasn't on the downbeat, but that was actually kind of aggro, but in the most musical sense, it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know what can happen too. I, I'm sure this has probably happened to either one of you, but you know, like Ian says, oh, I forgot to change back from the clean channel or from the dirty channel to the clean channel, and someone says, mm-hmm. yeah, tonight when you guys did that cover, you rocked it up, you had distortion on that part, sound really awesome. I like the way you're going in that direction. You're like, yeah, yeah, you like that, right? exactly yeah yeah it happens um so let's jump over to you ian so obviously you alluded that you're doing some stuff in the studio but other than being a little bit under the weather which uh, we're very sorry to hear what have you been up to outside of that um well like i said before i uh we moved house so like we're every morning is a new adventure at about eight um our guy shows up Chris, uh, who's a lovely guy. It's actually uh, my partner's uncle. Um, and he's like, the, he's our contractor guy. Um, and there's just, uh, yeah, every day's a new adventure. Right, so I, I leave for the studio at 9.30, 10. And then when I get home, there's always something new, uh, you know, 
today there's a yeah I, I won't even get into it but yeah anybody who's been through house renos um it's been going since april oh boy. um and it you know it can fray your your nerves um yeah i i you know there's been a lot of that that's it uh yeah a lot of a lot of adjustment <laughs> uh and but honestly uh you know i'm i'm one of those guys I, I i will be a studio rat to the day i die like with if i have even uh, a room with a you know a computer in it that has a pro tools rig going on um i'm i'm happy as can be and and uh and we're actually really lucky that um, in pre-production we have uh, we have a sort of basically a fully functioning studio with like a live room and everything, um, and that's just a that's just to lay down demos. Um, so yeah, there's nothing nothing better for someone like me than to um, sift through I don't know how many hundreds of ideas and and just sort of go mining for gold or something that's gonna inspire me that day and be like, Ooh, let's do this one. And then I'll just tie, you know, we tap out a tempo and then I start building, building, building. And then, uh, Chuck and Dave will come in and, and it's like, we're actually getting some monstrous roomy sort of Bonzo, like, like a 21st century John Bonham drum sound. It's like, it's right down the pipe of all the things that I love. I'm like, this is it. Um, and this is just the demo. Wait, is this, is Ian, is you this happening in the right here? Yeah, I had a great day today, and Chuck just man, he can hit those things. It was, uh, yeah, he came in and, and he, he. I think we did two or three songs today. It just, I'm like, okay, these are, these are enormous. Um, and of course, everybody knows Dave. Dave's a beast. Um, so yeah, just uh, that's, that's what I've been sort of focusing on all summer. You know, we've been doing the what I call the weekend warrior thing, where. You, you know, you fly out for a show and, and, and then you play the show and then you stay the night and then you fly back the next morning. Um, and then during the week, it, I, I'm just, you know, I've been writing and, and um, yeah, and now we're at least we're, we're now at the stage where I'm able to look at what, um, look at all the, all the ideas that have been sort of accumulated over, I don't know, the last several years and, it's honestly, I've never, I've never been one of the guys who's like, well, the last record was that, and anything I've written since then is, is that's going to make the next record. I'm like, no, if if it ever came out of me or or someone around me, and I'm like, this is all. If it if it ever inspired me or moved me at one point or another, and I haven't put it into a song, it's still fair game. That's cool. You know what I mean? I don't care how old it. To, to me, good music doesn't sound dated. Bad music does. I, or oftentimes, uh, good music that's recorded badly can sound dated. The song isn't dated, the recording is. You know what I mean? So, um, I did, yeah, right now we're just in the, I'm, I'm in the sifting through all the ideas of the last couple of years. Um, and, there's, and there's a lot of them. Uh, and the songs are just, they're coming together well. They're thick and fast, as, as I like to say. The ideas are just, you know, cre creativity kind of goes in waves, and I'm sort of, cresting at the top right now i'm just like i know it's going to be in a week or two it's going to suck and i'm like why can't i rhyme anything with you know uh, but yeah right now we're, we're in a good place so well hopefully we can take your mind off the uh the renovations a little bit tonight we'll talk some guitar get you in a nice fun comfort zone and I, do, I do know how important pro tools was because i remember the last time you were here there was i forget what it was but there was some major update or something for pro tools and you were downloading it as we were talking 
it, it, remember we were watching the camera off screen we're like 100% <laughs> done whatever but i want to tell people here how this whole show come together it's a funny story here tonight as well too so Ian, this is what I really like about both these gentlemen is the fact that they're both major fans of one another. So people that normally watch the show here, you know, there's a lot of Van Halen content. There's always talk about Eddie Van Halen, and we're always fanboys of Eddie Van Halen. But you realize even Eddie Van Halen loves somebody else, right? And on all these musicians, as much as they're some of the most talented players in the world, they still hire somebody else. So Ian emailed me probably about close to a month ago, a few weeks back uh, at least, and says, Hey, you got any in intel on Sean Tubbs? And uh, yeah. you know, uh, what, what kind of strings does he use? I'm like, why don't you ask yourself, Ian? But on my show, so here we are. I'm going to jump over to Sean because we know Ian uses elevator cables on his strings for his guitars, and we'll come back. He can address that a little bit better. But Sean, let's go over to you. And this is a question that does come up a lot in gear chats all the time: uh, string gate preferences, brands, and uh, and why? Uh, it's Man, I always feel terrible because it's like I I shouldn't say I don't care. <laughs> but um, one thing is I, I've been playing uh, the Dario strings uh, forever, um, forever. Uh, I just in the last probably year uh, started playing the uh, NYXLs. Uh, and that was just uh, through them saying, hey, there you go. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. There you go upside down. Uh, oh, uh, beautiful. Oh uh, uh, wait. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I, I switched to NYXLs. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. They're just they're ten to forty sixes. That's normally what I use. The NYXLs to me, it's, it's so funny because I don't care about technicals ever. So I'm one of those guys like if a pedal sounds bad, I don't open the pedal. And look at the pedal. If a pedal sounds great, I don't open the pedal. <laughs> so I, I, and I'm kind of the same way with the strings. It's like I, I kind of, I don't really care for the most part what it's, if I'm just feeling and hearing something that's working better, that's what I go for. And um, uh, Dodero has been, Dodario has been pretty much the hit for years. The NYXLs. There was something in the way the mids presented, especially in the single notes, uh, that made me go, "Yeah, I'm going to switch all my guitars over to those." Mm -hmm. So I'm either I'm either 10 to 46 or 11 to 52s, uh, depending on the guitar, and that's that's it, man. I I don't really uh, budge off things. It's like I kind of settle on something, and then, like I said, it was years where I just played the same set of Dario. The uh, Dario Electrics, and then these NYXLs came out, and I was really reluctant to even try them. Um, but when I did, I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with those." So yeah, ten to forty-six, eleven fifty-two. Oh, perfect. That's a guitar like um, uh, this guitar back here. The this Duesenberg's got elevens on it. Uh, it's not a tension thing. Uh, it's just Sonics. I just think it sounds better with elevens. Uh, other guitars. Uh, it's so funny because like I've got. Gibson scale guitars with 10 to 46s. I've got Strat scale guitars with 11 to 52s. Wow. It's just it's, it's just more of a sonic thing. And yeah, feel to a degree plays into it. But for me, it's more like, how does this guitar present? Does this guitar, does this guitar even like 11s? Nah, it doesn't really like 11s. It presents better with 10s. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much my thing, uh, Dario's. 
Yeah. And one good thing about them as well that I love tremendously about the MYXLs is the string life on them. I've got, like, I've changed every guitar I have here in the house, pretty much the MYXLs. And uh, some of them, a couple of the, the, the uh, PB Wolfgang I've got, I've had on for probably six months. And I pick, pick one up tonight before we went live. And uh, they sound they sound like they're brand new. Yeah, the, the NYXLs do last longer. I'm I'm really funny when it comes to strings because, uh, you know, if I if it's on like a carry gig or something like that, it's one thing. But for me, uh, on my guitars, if I'm not gigging out, I'm just doing sessions and things like that. I'll change strings, and I know this sounds terrible, but I'll change a set of strings when they start misintonating. Okay. I'll be like, okay, this is yeah, I better change these, or they start, you know, just not ringing true. There's something wonky then i'll be like ah okay i'll change these <laughs> because there's a sonic thing about letting strings go it's like they don't have to and and it's not me being critical of anybody wanting new strings but for me it's like no nah, it's there's a sound there it's like bass players especially they'll they'll man they'll let strings go forever before they'll change them because man that's their tone and the second they change those suckers you know and never changed his right? yeah Oh yeah, yeah, because that's the tone, man. And he'll change them when they start misintonating, and things just you got dents under the strings where the frets were. Well, yeah, they're gonna, especially on wild strings, they're gonna start misintonating. <laughs> you got to give up. But yeah, these NYXLs are they're more expensive, but as far as I'm concerned, they're worth every penny. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. They're great strings. Look at the Van Halen fans here again, too. I'm just throwing a reference to obviously the channel here. But look at the Van Halen fans trying to learn Van Halen, the debut album, Van Halen 2. And you think you're tuned to, you know, uh, you know, half step down. Sure you are. But all of a sudden, okay, wh why is this tuning out of, out of whack here? With well, this one song's out of whack. It's not, you know, a half step down. The only time Eddie would change a string is when he broke one. I mean, for yeah. years. Yeah. And then in the, tune, in the studio, he would just tune it up and he'd say, hey, Mike, tune to this. You know, no, <laughs> nothing like that. So yeah. close. Yeah. Ian, let's jump back to you. And uh, I know we had some great discussion on strings with you before. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same with the NYXLs. That's, that's you know, um, I, I, the guys over at Sewer hit me to them. They were they were putting all those, it was a year or two ago, they started putting all those on, on guitars and, and then I got a guitar from them that had those on it. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I just got, I grabbed a couple of packs and then I noticed as soon as you tune up, like, you know, stretching the strings out and it, I'd stretch them out once and it was like, wow, they were, they were there, you know, and very rarely did I have to go back to the tuners. And then they, they sounded fuller, brighter and fuller and uh, just sounded uh, a little more solid than, you know, just uh, consistent and reliable, you know. Um, and I think when it, when it comes to studio stuff and, and um, live stuff, that's kind of what I'm looking for is something that's consistent and reliable. Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I like all different kinds of strings for different things, but those NYXLs are, you know, the 11 to 49, that's, that's on any guitar that I'm going to do any kind of playing on. That, that's, that's my go-to. Um, if I'm up to 440, I, I love the sound of tens. I find I, I'll pick a little too hard or, or squeeze a little too hard on tens sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's why I asked. That's why I asked him about what kind of strings you're using, Sean. I was like, it, it, the tone sounds like 11s or 12s, but you're you're shaking them like tens. So I was like, what what is that? What's he using? Yeah, and and YXLs, man. That and, and honestly, it's just they. 
that's the only way I can put it, Ian, is they, they just present better. The single yeah. notes, especially and, for, and, when I would take solos and, in a mix, it would just yeah. present better, you know? Yeah, I, I know a guy who's uh, a couple years ago now who did a, and I don't know, like, you know, you have to have a pretty, a pretty big budget on an album to use a world-class studio in this fashion, but, but he decided to take um, a good few hours and grab all the different brands of, of the, the gauge of string that he wanted to use. And then he actually did the Pepsi challenge with, with whatever the riff was for the song. And he would play this exact same thing in the song to the track and exactly the same brand new, fresh. Okay. It's ready to go. Boom, boom, boom. And, and, you know, and then sort of just listen to a bead them all. Um, and, and those came out the winner. They were just, they, they just spoke the most and they were the most, um, note to note, the most clarity, they were, they were the fullest. It was like, and, and apparently I wasn't there for it. I only heard about it afterwards. Cause I was like, this is stupid, but it, but you know, it's, it's not, if you got the, if you've got the dough, uh, to use a studio in that fashion where you can really hear the, you know, um, then it, you know, I guess that kind of settles it, you know, but, it, but at the same time that settled it just in the, from the point of view of a, of an engineer, you know, and, uh, and that it, it doesn't matter. I did somebody else. Most guitar players who are at a certain level, um, I'm sure they can probably squeeze a pretty good sound out of just about anything. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but a preference is preference. You know, and comfort, yeah. comfort, and and um, feeling like you're uh, at home. Or, you know, yeah. That can sometimes take take that ten percent, dude. Every time you flip back to to you. It freaks me out because you look you look so much like Derek Smalls right now from Spinal Tap. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's freaking me out. I that's my worst YouTube comment I get and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously people have said it. Are we doing Stonehenge tonight? No, we're not gonna do Stonehenge, but we gotta do this. Okay, I've got one base. Sean, you've got a base. Uh Ian, you've got a base. Can we do a big bottom tonight before we go home? Oh God. <laughs> your, new, your new handle should be Luke Warm Walter. Yeah. <laughs> However, we we launched a new brand because of this. Now we have broadstash.com. <laughs> we do. Oh, we, have yeah. we have it. But Ian, I'm really glad you talked. I'm, I'm glad. looking duster you got there. That's right. Yeah, it's growing. And actually, I shaved this off on a Tuesday. I had it back uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> How does that? Oh, oh. My, my dad had hairy ass jeans, man. <laughs> that came out wrong, dude. Yeah. That came out so wrong. <laughs> but yeah, forget. We'll we'll go a different route. But I'm really, really glad to hear about this. Uh, the kind of the mutual love for and MYXLs, and I certainly don't endorse them or anything else. I I just like them a lot. But you um, and this is going to lead into the next question about a sewer guitar. Um, now I don't know a lot about John's guitars other than the fact that you play them. I know uh, Sean's got some, and you know Pete Thorne has his own signature, and and I think they're phenomenal. Met John at NAM in uh, 2017, but um. Did you say he's putting them in all of his guitars or just select ones, Ian? Or um, I think he's gone back to, to Ernie Ball now. Okay. Um, and you know what? The, the, last, the last two guitars that uh, they've been signature models, the last two that have come, come my way have had Ernie Balls on them. And it's, they're a little bit different um, than the NYXLs. But I'm like, I, I'll tell Shane, don't change these strings because this guitar sounds great right now. Um, and until something breaks, you know. Well, look at me. And of course, when I do, I'm just like, okay, there's an adjustment period. There's an adjustment period to get get getting used to the, the NYXLs again. But then I'm like, okay, no, this is where I, this is where I belong. That's right. Um, 
Yes, I, I, I love the, the Ernie Balls, the Purple Pack. I've, I've played those for years. and I, Yeah. These are lighter. They're nines, but still. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, 11 to 48 or whatever. I, I love those. Um, but no, he's a, yeah, I think as of maybe a year and a half ago, I think Sewer has gone back to, to Ernie Balls. Okay. And honestly, six and one and a half than the other. It's, it, you know, it's just a personal thing. Like, if you can get as nerdy as possible the way that I certainly have, um, it, it really is just a preference thing at this point. And that could change. That could change next week. I, I could be like, you know what, man? I'm going old school, man. I'm a, I'm I'm going back to my roots. Yeah, bullets <laughs> or something. Well, uh-oh. We might have lost in there. You know, it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a right now. That's my personal preference. Yeah, they, they, they seem to hold tuning better, and a lot of the sort of. Uh, a lot of the things that I I'm used to worrying about for years, I just uh, you know, and obviously the, I'm playing better guitars now than than um, than I used to when I first started out. Like the sewer guitars, are just they almost play themselves. So you know, they almost tune themselves. It's yeah. it's just a different level of every, everything. Um, so you can put like I could probably find wires around the house right now that I could string a sewer up and, and, and it would be pretty good, you know? Well, it's a perfect segue because I want to, I want to mention this and I, I got to give credit to Jason Hobbs cause he was, he started this, he's asking about the sewer relic and when, when it will be available. And I was noticing, you know, obviously on, on show day, I like to get in the zone of both my guests or in this case, two guests today, but are sometimes single guests. I like to watch videos, just surround myself in their world. And I saw an older Facebook, and not old, but by summer, June, uh, on the um, Big Rec Facebook page, you had posted a picture of um, your old 65 uh, Fender Strat. And you're saying you, you gave it a workout. And then you said kind of actually the, the guitar work, you gave you the workout, one of your guitars yeah. you had since a teenager. And then I noticed about, I don't know, maybe a month or two later, there was the post about the Sewer Relic guitar. And I noticed the two guitars looked very, very similar. And I'm just wondering, was there a little bit of... Um, the mojo from that 65 strat that went into the um the creation of the well, i i i don't know about that but I, I mean probably yeah i mean i have a preference to to you know i love the look of uh beat up old strats you know everybody loves stevie ray's number one um and i you know and that 65 strat i've i've had you know like as you said since i was 18 or 19. um and uh, yeah, it's, it's I, th that guitar came to me basically like that. It looked like that. Um, and yeah, I just you know, it's that sort of. I learned a lot on that thing. I spent many many hours playing it, and uh, you know, I I, I had a, a picture of a guitar that had been beaten up in a particular way that I sent to to David. Um, Chavez over at Sewer, when we were talking about taking the signature model, my signature model guitar with all the switches and the series parallel stuff, and then putting it into a, a classic, sort of an S, you know, but having it still hum single hum, but have it look more traditional, like three singles, just because of the, the reverse zebra humbuckers. Um, I don't, yeah, and I just, I, I was like, okay. And I found a picture that was just like that. And I sent it, and, and you know, when you know, the, the guitar that showed up looked almost exactly like the photo. Um, and it was no one's guitar in particular. I just I just stumbled on it online. Hello, sweetie. 
um, I just stumbled on it online and sent it along and, and they were like, okay, well, let's, let's build it. I've been calling it the roughneck. Um, and I still <laughs> haven't quite made up my mind if we're going to release that as like the next SIG model, but I think it'd be great because now the, the, the two tone knobs, the neck and bridge tone is on, on, on the, there's a volume and two tones. The two tones are push, push pots for, for the, for the humbuckers to go series parallel. Um, and I, like in the studio, like with Eric Ratz, he can't believe the sounds that are coming out of these SIG models. Like, cause I, you know, where you'd normally grab like a Les Paul and cause I need the Les Paul in the middle position sound. I just, I can just go to the middle position on these guitars and they just, um, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm faking it a lot with one guitar, you know, it's just like, well, listen, all of a sudden three Les Pauls come in and it's like, no. <laughs> It's still it's still the roughneck or it's still the Antigua or you know it's one of one of one of John's guitars, um, and that's yeah that's basically all I've been using, but yeah that guitar comes everywhere with me right now the roughneck is the uh, that's that's my baby I, I I have a feeling that'll be I, I hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag but I you know I'm sure it'll be fine I, I have a feeling that'll be it's between that and something else that what'll be what'll be next year's Sig model. Um, we'll still have, of course, the, the offset, uh, the Snazmaster looking one, but, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's right over there. I, I, that's the, I just, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm so in love, I'm fatuated with that guitar. Well, you've always spoke so highly of the necks. I, every time I've had you on, you've talked about the guitars and yeah. the necks felt like something you, you had since you were a teenager, just it's part of you and then comfort zone. So he's obviously doing something great. Like I, I honestly don't know enough about his his guitars. I've never played one yet, which I would love to sometime. But it just like I, when someone like yourself raves of them, and Sean, you've you've used that white uh, Strat style one in your recent videos. What are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Sirs asked right here actually. It's it's funny because people will ask me, uh, you know, like what's your go to guitar. And it's, it's hard for me because before I was doing tours and stuff like that, I was Joe Blow, Session Schmo. And at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, I, I think Matheny said it, and it, it pretty much hits the nail on the head. Guitars are kind of like screwdrivers. It's like they're going to they're gonna fit a certain parameter. Sometimes you're going to need a Phillips head. Sometimes it's going to have to be a flat head. Um, when it, when it comes down to, uh, especially like Sir guitars, um, I'm probably dating the hell out of myself, but I go all the way back to picking up uh, Pensa Sir guitars mm -hmm. um, and just being infatuated with, oh my God, what is this thing? And then, uh, you know, back when I was in my teens, the really big deal uh, custom guitar was Tom Anderson. Uh, Tommy was building some insane stuff i can remember playing my first truly what would be considered a custom strat at least to me was a tom anderson and then right behind that if i wandered to new york or somewhere there'd be these pentasur guitars like what's the deal with those um so when it comes to you know sur guitars it's it's interesting because when i look at this wall it's like every single one of these guitars kind of kind of has like a really really specific purpose so like with this guy what i like about this guy is yes it's got a, a compound radius uh that isn't extreme but it's got it still has kind of a vintage feel to it it's a two pole but it's not locking trim it's a single single hum 
So this is what I would consider like a workhorse guitar. Like I can show up on a gig with this guitar alone and just be pleased as punch. Mm -hmm. um, and and the thing with, with John, uh, Sir guitars, I mean, they're just right out of the case. When I get a guitar, I think the, the newest one I got is that silver one. Um, right out of the case, I know I can just take that thing out of the case and tune it up and I can show up on a session and the producer's not gonna say, check your tuning. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really, really big deal to me when it comes to guitars like that. Uh, the necks just feel killer. Um, this is probably, when I walk into this room because at heart I'm a Strat guy, this is probably the first guitar I pick up. Going back further, because I'm such a three single coil Strat guy, because when I was a kid, I'm not even gonna go into how much of a dumbass I was to sell my 63 Stratocaster, but I did. Um, that black LSL is the next go-to because it's, it's my Stratocaster with three single coils. Now, the thing with that one that makes it incredibly different from this is it's not compound radius. It's vintage radius. It's seven and a quarter. Yep. Yeah. And it'll argue with you when you bend the strings. Oh, yeah. It'll get a little miffed about things. Um, you know, and that's what I love about that guitar. It's like every single one of my guitars has like a specific purpose. So my serves. Something different out of you too, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I have them. It's like that Duesenberg back there. That thing is insane. Uh, I think it's called a Majesto. Mm. Same thing. Uh, I go. I kind of go back to my session roots where it's like, man, I'm, I'm kind of, I got nothing. And then I pick up the right guitar and it's like, oh, wait a second. No, I got something. And, and yeah, the right guitar will drag things out of you as much as you'll drag things out of that. So that's kind of it. So my SIRs are very, very specific. That Alt-T Pro is very specific. And that uh, silver guitar with the uh, the Filtertrons in it, very specific sounds. This guy, very specific. Um, you know, my Telecaster, my Sir Tele. And that's what's so funny. It's like, I'll get guys going, you need another Telecaster. And it's like, no, I've got a Telecaster. Well, you need this Telecaster. It's like, well, but I have a Telecaster. Yeah. You know, so that's that's kind of the thing. And and all of these guitars, you know, they're all fabulous, but they all fit a specific thing that I've got in my head or a specific thing that I just feel that I want to either drag out of myself or I want drug out of me. And uh, Sir guitars are unbelievable. I mean, well, two points about that, but that guitar in particular and then a question as well, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, I guess we'll go with the question. When you mentioned Pentastour, like wasn't wasn't that the kind of the start involvement when they were working with uh, when John was working with Mark Knopfler to kind of create the guitar for him? Yeah, yeah, and and I I'm probably screwing up the history, and John's probably going to kick me in the nuts. But I can remember walking into Rudy's Guitars in New York and seeing this absolutely gorgeous arch top looking Stratocaster thing, Pentastour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck is that? It's insane. So that's kind of where that all started for me. And like I said, John's going to be like, you idiot. It, that's not where it happened. But for me, that's where it happened. I'm sure he won't. Um, but but that's, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the deal. I mean, there's so many amazing, honestly, amazingly gifted, talented builders out there. At the end of the day, it's, it's the guitar that resonates. So for me, it's like these Sir guitars they just resonate. 
they, it's kind of like Ian. It's like there's certain guitars where you just go, yeah, I'm per, I'm good with this thing. I'll take it and, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it'll sing, you know. My other point about that guitar, I think it was, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think it might have been the Wampler video, mm -hmm. uh, the Overdrive one you were doing. That's one of the, your latest videos. Mm -hmm. And the tremolo work, it just sounded so beautiful on that guitar. Like, at, uh, you know, and staying, like you said, talk about staying in tune. Mm -hmm. You were doing some kind of extremes at some point with the tremolo. Mm -hmm. And it sounds great. And I just want to kind of compliment you on that or compliment the guitar as well on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big deal with the guitars. I mean, there's tricks, and I'm sure Ian knows, uh, especially with a six-pole uh, tailpiece, but even with a two-pole tailpiece with no locking trim, there's certain little tricks you can do with how the springs are adjusted to really get it to come back the way you want it to based on how you play. Um, and, and God's honest truth, I learned that from watching Carl Verheyen. <laughs> I saw him like do some tweaks about how he sets up his tram and he would bring it down and then kind of listen to how things intonated and then he would make adjustments. Um, but for the most part, like this guy, I didn't touch. Um, other guitars, six pole guitars, I've done tweaks on to make those work like the black because it's, it's obviously so vintage. That one I did a lot of tweaks on but I can damn near dive bomb that thing and it'll come back. But there's little things you have to do with a sir. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much, like I said, take it out of the case and plug it in and play it. You're going to be good to go. Um, pickups wise. It's so funny. People always ask, well, what pickups are you using? Do you change them? And I, I sound like that beer dude. Well, when I, I don't often drink beer, but when I do, it's, it's so funny. It's like, I don't often change pickups. But when I do, but when I do, they're lowers. But the honestly, the only reason I ever change pickups is if I don't like them. And if I don't like them, they get changed to a set of lowers. If I do like them, I don't change them. So these are the ML Landau standards with a SSV. I was like, I love these. They're great. Cool. <laughs> right, don't fix what's not broke. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I really don't mess with anything unless i literally don't like it if i don't like it then it'll i promise you it'll have a set of lollers in it well, that's good to know I, yeah. I think one of the takeaways tonight is uh, several times this has come up and we're going to talk about it one more time that on site two is getting out of your comfort zone and as you and i were talking uh, sean before the um you and i jumped on a test call before ian got here and i was playing my prs at the time and, and you guys both know me as a floyd guy i'm a i have to have a floyd or, or death but that's, uh, nothing else and the the PRS uh, CE22 I have, it's got a fl the nice floating um, PRS tremolo on it, mm -hmm. and it's certainly not locking. It has locking tuners, but not you know lock nuts. And you know I was I, lately I've been playing it a lot more than I have been, uh, than I used to. And I can do my dive bombs, even though mm -hmm. it's not a diving tremolo like a Floyd would be. It's not as weak as a as a Bigsby, but it it has full range, mm -hmm. and um. There are the tricks, you know, by pulling back up really quick, you know, before you go back into a chord, you can yeah. kind of, yeah, it's little things like that, intricacies that will save it. So that's, that's very, very cool. In a second here, what I want to do here, I'm going to be bringing in another guest just for a brief moment from the West side of Canada here. He's a huge fan of uh, Ian's and his name is Chris Waite. Uh, Ian, you've met him on several of your tours out there. You may recognize him. He's got a technical question for you. And then we're going to jump back over to the chat. Technical question? Yeah, well, no, 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 no. I don't mean a technical one. Um, no, oh, I thought you said ethical. Oh, ethical. No, no, no. Yeah. How do I treat roadies? <laughs> if this is going to start getting ethical, I'm out. You know, there's no ethics on this show. It's Friday night, man. <laughs> no. 
it'd be it'd be and i said technical and i didn't actually mean technical more and more about uh maybe some tips on on guitar oh, playing last sean that stuff no not me <laughs> yeah well, whatever <laughs> while we do that while we do that we're waiting for him to pop in we should see him in a second let's jump back to the chat for a quick segment uh marshall uh marshall mg man is here uh stoked for the show ian is the man uh rick Hepner here hello robert baker uh ted perrin there's been a lot of buzz on the uh big rec fan group about the st john's gig just because they had the performance of trio yeah uh, and so there we go we've uh captured that one uh we should have uh chris here momentarily uh, oh but hey just really quick on yeah. the prs thing when i was a kid uh, and it's the way I discovered Tom Anderson guitars. I started working at a shop when I was just over, I was just out of high school. And uh, Tom Anderson, that's a big deal. But this guitar showed up called PRS. A, a rep showed up with this guitar, wanted us to play it. And God's honest truth, the one thing that, and I, I've got PRSs, they're mm -hmm. fabulous. Right back there is my Grissom. The one thing that shocked the crap out of me was the tremolo yeah dead nuts on yeah and it was a six pole tremolo and and my uh, grissom is still a six six pole so yeah i it just reminded me it's like oh my god i remember the first time i ever played a prs it was a really nice guitar but what shocked me was i could literally cram that tremolo down to beelzebub's layer and when it came back up i was like wait a second is this in tune wow this is not a Floyd, and it just came back completely. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to PRS. Yeah, there you go. This is a CE22, and the reason why this one's so special to me, this one, um, this is a very, very special sentimental guitar to me because when I was endorsing uh, PRS back in the day, um, a lot of you guys, you might know uh, Grover. He used to work for PRS, and he's sadly passed away. Uh, Grover Duvall, a brilliant gentleman. He worked with everybody. And uh, he, when we arranged the deal, he says, uh, okay, well, I, you know, I got a brand new Korean guitar for you. I'll send you a Korean one out of my crib, as he would say, or I've got a banged up American one. Stupid me says, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the brand new Korean, which was a PRS Torero, which is a cool guitar. But then I hung up the phone. I'm like, Eric, what are you, like, you, know, what are you doing? You don't want a Korean one. Get, a, you get an American one if you can. I called him back. said, Grover, tell me about this American one you got. He goes, are you interested? I said, yeah. He goes, well, it's banged up. It has been on the road with Blues Traveler. Um, Chad Kinchler, Kinchler was um, a McCarty guy. And he had dozens of McCartys, but one fell off the stand one night on a, on a gig and broke the neck off of it. And, you know, the guys at PRS would rather service them themselves. So send me your broken one back. We'll send you one as a loner, which was this guitar. Goes on the road. I, don't, I think there's a one, one gig where he played it and uh, comes back. And so Grover says, well, you can take this one if you want it. It's got, it's all dinged up, blah, blah, blah. It's not dinged up. It's got one little tiny little pencil uh, ding here. Mm -hmm. Nothing on it. Uh, tobacco finish, you know, uh, mahogany body, all stamped artist stock, whatever. And, he, and Grover says, oh, I know you like rock stuff. So how about I throw in some Tremonti pickups? He put the Tremonti pickups in it for me, new cream rings, and gave me the old pickups and everything and sent it to me. So this is, and it's got the floating tram and it's to die for. Mm -hmm. I love this guitar. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. It's a five way rotary. I'm lost on this. I want to, I want to change it to a, a three way. And it's so funny because that was the one complaint when uh, that guitar showed up. I'm this eight, 18 year old smart ass idiot kid. I was like, what is this? What is this thing here? Why can't it just be the, the blade wing dinger or, you know, so that, that's still like a, uh, you know, a complaint for me. But it's funny. Like I saw that guitar and I thought of this one. I mean, they they custom built this thing for me and it's just so funny because you know i don't i'm not okay this is bad i'm not gonna we're not going the gibson thing 
We're not going to bash Gibson. But the reason I oh, see, but we're bashing. The reason I don't have one. <laughs> okay, so hence this guitar. Um, I wanted a really great Gibson scale guitar. And who's this guy? That's Chris. He's bumping. Hello. Hey, Chris. What's up, Chris? Okay. Welcome, Chris. We'll have your question just hey, a second. Hey, sorry, guys. <laughs> no worries, man. Hey, Chris. Um, so, you know, I, I got into this thing, and uh, I remember I was like, I really need a Gibson scale, you know, pretty much stellar intonating guitar. And, they, you know, they were so gracious. They were like, we'd love to build you one. What would you like? And that's where things kind of – I was like, well, I, I don't want anything on the neck. And I on the fretboard, and I think I heard toilets flush. Yeah. And then I said, uh, I want on the side of the guitar, I want ivory binding like you would see actually on an acoustic guitar. And I heard, pretty sure I heard toilets flush. For the second time? Oh, yeah, but louder. And, uh, and you know, a few months went by, and this guitar showed up. And, yeah, it's just... I mean, I used it through, uh, I've used it actually on two tours. So it's, it's, you can't see it, but it's pretty beat up from belt packs and quick changes. But uh, yeah, it's another just kind of, I mean, right out of the case, it was just the right guitar, keeper guitar. Uh, and the same thing with pickups. Once again, it's like, do you like the pickups? It's like, yeah, I love the pickups. You know, because I'll get people calling me going, hey, man, do you want to try our pickups? I'm like, no, because that means I got to take the pickups out of something I really love to try pickups. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I don't want to get out of soldering iron. I, I like my pickups. <laughs> if I hated these pickups, it'd be like, okay. <laughs> the vintage, Anyways. vintage treble in there? Sorry? Vintage bass and vintage treble? On the, you mean on the pickups or just... No, I'm just wondering if because a lot of a lot of the ones that will use a vintage bass uh, for the for the neck and then vintage treble for the bridge. Oh yeah, these are the 5708s, so they're they're essentially PAF kind of lower output pickups. It's a beautiful guitar. And oh, thanks, I, 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 I love it. With it's, no dots on the fretboard, they either put birds right. or dots, you know. Yeah, they they weren't overly impressed with that idea, but they were so gracious to build this. And yeah, when I saw your guitar, I was like, wait a second. I gotta finish. It kind of looks like that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's they're beautiful for sure. Did you know uh, both of you, Aki, all three of you? Did you know that they wined and dined Eddie Van Halen to build? There's two, I think, two Van Halen model guitars out there, um, and I, they're, I, they're different places. But the PRS did try to wine and dine Eddie Van Halen to uh, switch over with, and had a Floyd Rose and everything. Just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's you know, Eddie. You know, guitars. Guitars have to be a fit, and and at the end of the day, it's like yeah. I do not make a lot of money, honestly, playing guitar. I've been extremely blessed because I played with an artist that was ex really, really high caliber. And, you know, so I, I don't take for granted for a second when uh, someone reaches out to me and says, hey, we'll build you a guitar. But at the end of the day, if, if it's something I know I'm not going to play, don't bother just, it. I, I'm not one of those guys that wants to collect a garage full of guitars to sell on eBay two years later. That's right. Um, so the guitars I have are definitive fits. If I don't like them, I won't play them. And it's unethical for me to say, uh, yeah, send me the guitar. It's like, no. You know, I applaud so. that. That's very, very cool of you to do that. Pat, you know, pass it on to someone else. 
Yeah, it's like someone else will love that guitar and someone else needs that guitar, but I'm not going to be the guy that says, oh, yeah, I'll take that guitar for free. And <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for sharing us the PRS story with us. I just want to introduce everybody quickly here to Chris Waite. Chris is from, uh, Chris, tell us where you're from. And I know you, you're a friend of mine on Facebook as well, too, but you're a big fan of Ian's. Tell us where you're yeah. from. You can ask Ian your question. Uh, initially, I'm from uh, Victoria Island, um, but I uh, moved to Calgary three or four years ago. And uh, been working on um, working on making a career out of playing music, and I'm sure, obviously, all three of you guys know how cutthroat that is, and you know, getting into the business, playing the bar scene, and stuff like that. So, um, been working hard on that out here, and yeah, just a aspiring, huge fan of your work, Ian and Sean. I'm not particularly familiar with your work but uh, i'm definitely going to dig in now for sure wow. you're so. so kind man I, I feel so bad because all i saw was like who's this kid man <laughs> there's a young kid like who's this channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm this old fart going who's this kid <laughs> it's good to meet you man and, you, and you're so kind but honestly ian thornley uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm honestly not sure why I'm here. So stop it, man! Come on, you and I can can fanboy poor Ian to death. Well, <laughs> the nice thing about Ian from the couple times I've met him is that he's very very humble and he's the nicest guy. So you know he's he's mutually a huge fan of you, and that's super cool to see. Well, I think you're both dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, your bubble right there. <laughs> All right. Sorry, no, thanks, man, for the kind word. Ah, uh, no worries, man. Um, one thing that has been on my mind for a while, I've been um, woodshedding hard. I've seen you the last few years, and since then, I've realized, whoa, I gotta, I gotta go back and start woodshedding hard. So, I, my playing has jumped leaps and bounds. Nice. I can't thank you enough for that. But my question is, um, when you're playing live, um, you know, there's those kind of solos that you you got to stick with, like Albatross or Ghosts, where you have those kind of memorable lines that you, you know, you kind of flow through. But when it comes to something more like, say, uh, look what I found or come again or fall through the cracks, you kind of open up and you improvise. And so what I'm wondering is what's your approach going into that or your mindset? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, honestly, my mindset is, is I'm trying not to have one, you know, okay. is it like, if it's just, if I'm just going to improv, then it's, um, especially things where it's more or less a vamp and I don't have to think about, um, marking changes so much. If I can just, let it all hang out. If I can, if I can, if I can mess with the modes a little bit, if I can mess yeah. with the key a little bit, um, then, then the best, the best thing is, is to tr try to turn my mind off and just sort of follow my ear. Um, and okay. that, 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 you know, it's, it's a strange thing when you're on a tour because that can, I, I can, I can mark it now. I can, I can arc, I can mark the arc of, 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 how the solo is gonna, and it's not just me; it's the whole band, right? Like we're all kind of, yeah, because you, you, other. and like usually, and like when it comes to the first few shows, 
um, I'm still sort of, all right, well, sort of feeling out the audience and feeling like, well, how much can I really pig out here? And how, yeah. how outside can I take this? Like, can I start doing the whale noises? And then, you know, can I, start, <laughs> can I start, you know, trying to do my best Sean Tubbs imitation and going outside a little bit? Can oh I get away with God. that with this, with this crowd? And, and honestly, the more that, that the thought is involved, the further away I am from, from what I'm, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing, like what people have probably paid money to come and, and, and enjoy is, is um, a the solos that, that are, to me, they're kind of like part of the song and the ones you want to sing along to. And then there's the ones where it's like, okay, well, let's see what this guy can do. Uh, let's see what this band can do. And, and it's, and it really, the more that your head is about showing off, um, that the more you're setting yourself up for for having a, a shitty night um the more that you're not thinking at all the more that you're in the moment i know that sounds kind of cosmic and booga booga but it really is the more that i'm in the moment and i'm not thinking and i can tell that all the guys like we're all on the same page and there is no page it's just like this uh it could go on forever it could go on for 30 seconds but it's it's the most satisfying and that's uh and then I'll spend the, then the night after that I'll chase whatever I did the night that yeah. something <laughs> happened. I'll be like, okay, yeah. I remember that there was a jump off point and then everything went, you know, it was like going through a prism and then all the colors. And I remember where the prism was. And then I okay. spent some time searching for the prism and I'm like, ah, I'm not finding anything. And I just say, ah, oh, to hell with it. And all of a sudden it happens again. And, and it really is like, in my, in my estimation, I think the musicians that I've always admired the most are the ones who were able to find that, that spark, that whatever it is, the ones who can, they can do it willy nilly or they just live that way out on the skinny branches. They're always there. Okay. They don't have to climb up the tree to get there. They live on the skinny branches. I think yeah. that's probably where a lot of them leave us so soon is, is that they, they actually they actually live out there. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying you have to go out there and start, you know, experimenting with, with weird atonal stuff. And it's not really about that. It's just about, um, you know, the whole jumping off the top stair and, and figuring out a way to land on your feet at the bottom. That's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, and having said that, there's, you know, there's, there's ways to cheat it. There's ways, there's ways to cheat yourself, you know, and that a lot of that has to do with, with knowledge and how much stuff, you know, and stuff that you learn and how much you lift from people and how much you like, when something turns you on, don't just lift it, figure out, you know, like there's a lot, I'm still unraveling things. I, I will always be. And it's like, you know, and I never up yet there's still like i hear a guy like sean and i'm like shit wow <laughs> it's too much work it's too much stuff guy's got his whole thing that he's doing i'm like what's he doing man yeah. you know I, it, it, there's, there's 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 a million guys and there's there's a lot of everybody's got their own take on it and the the you know how to figure out you know that that's like asking me things it's just a really hard question to answer it's a good question but yeah, I like talk all night. I really, I don't have the answer, man. I just, I, you know what? Keep working at it. Keep working at it. Keep working at it. So that when you get a chance to go, you don't have to work. You just enjoy. 
Yeah. Like I want to say like that. I think it was a Michael Hedges quote where he said, "I when I'm playing, I can listen to three times. I can listen to what I just played. I can listen to what I'm gonna play, or I can listen to what I'm playing. And that's where you want to be. And that's where I've always tried to be is listen to what I'm playing, not what I'm gonna play or what I just played. Like, oh shit, why did I? I can't. Well, why am I gonna? Maybe you know what I'm gonna play? I'm gonna. You know, you're out. You listen. Listen okay. to what you're playing. Like play one note and love that note and start from there and just go. Yeah, I can see it too for Chris. Is Chris? Um, he he sells himself short, which is very cool and admirable of him. He's an amazing player, and I do think that you have a lot to do with that. I'm, I mean, I I follow him closely. Watch what he does. Good Canadian boy, and he he rocks it. Man. So I got to give hats off to you for the inspiration that you've given him. And I really like how you said, you know, jumping off the top stair, or you know, when see where you're going to land. I've said that many times about Eddie Van Halen. You yeah. know, he's alluded yeah. to it a few times by doing eruption. And I've I've said on the show many times I'm gonna fall every time I play. What I'm but is it gonna be to, today? Is it gonna be I'm gonna land on the second stair or am I gonna go to the bottom and break my collarbone? Uh, I'm gonna fall, but I'm just gonna try each night to maybe land myself a little better than the next the night yeah. before or whatever. Well, yeah. I I find and it, it kind of runs along with you know because there's these young cats like Chris <clears throat> that are obviously gonna be the next big thing <laughs> but you know i i uh i i look at someone and i i I'm, I'm kind of in parallel with what ian was saying but as i've become an old fart of a guitar player the the thing that i've noticed is as you become more educated as a guitarist the more educated you become the more edited you become so the the my biggest struggle as a guitar player is I'm educated enough and have been playing along long enough that now I've become a very edited musician. And the now the trick, and it's what Ian was basically talking about, is you have to get out of your own head and and go where the lines take you. My biggest struggle is I will, because I know what I'm doing now and I know what it and I've heard the best of the best, and, and I'm, a, I'm aspiring to that, I will edit myself. All, all of a sudden, instead of just letting it go where it was going to go, I'll think... It's not supposed to go like that. Yeah, that didn't, wasn't supposed to go like that. And all of a sudden, you just train wrecked all of your intuitiveness. <laughs> you just train wrecked all of your insight as a player. And, and it's like, I think of Frank Zappa, his whole thing was, well, I just want to be one, one against nature. I don't want to play the same damn thing every night. I want to train wreck and that's get right. out of it. Um, so, I mean, that's uh, to cats like you, Chris, or young guys that that get it, obviously, because you're an, an Ian fan. Um, yeah, as the better you get, the more edited you're going to become in your head. You have to get out of your head and, for the love of God, just play. And while I'm looking into my goofball Logitech camera saying this, I'm looking into a mirror saying it to myself at 50 years old, for the love of God, just take a solo. And if it goes a little south, you're a good enough player to play out of it. And whatever that play out of it was will probably be one of the best things you've ever done. Incredible so. advice. Incredible advice. Chris, there you go, man. You've got you yeah. got to do the best. And listen to me. Trust me on this one, Chris. I know how much you worship Ian. We all do. Yeah. Do. But check tomorrow. Spend the day. Tonight, tonight, spend the day following Sean Tub stuff. Everything is in the link in the description. And when yeah, you I'll check them out. My PayPal address is. No, I'm just kidding. 
Seriously. Well, Ian, thanks again, man. And that 20th anniversary tour, when I got to meet you, I was going through a terrible thing with my family, and you completely got me out of that. And I was shaking. I don't know if you remember me shaking really hard, and you commented on it and kind of unwrapped my vinyl before you signed it. But uh, you wrote Keep On Picking on it, and uh, that's what I'm going to keep doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thanks a lot, man. Cheers, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. Pleasure to have you here, Chris. And, I, and I'm really happy that both these gentlemen were to help, help you with some great advice, which is yes. valuable for sure. I know you have the talent in you for sure. And uh, get out there, keep doing what you're doing and share your stuff with us. And we'll share it with Ian and Sean as well, for sure. And uh, you keep it awesome. up. Awesome. It's nice thanks. to meet you, Chris. Do your thing, man. Hey, Chris. Take care. Yeah, so, thanks a lot. Take Bye, care. Chris. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Nice to see you. Here's a couple of questions. I just, I we're wrapping up close to the uh, 10:30 uh, mark here soon. But there's a couple of questions from the Big Rec fan group, and I'm honored to be in that group. I love those people over there. They're really nice. Um, two questions. One was kind of already answered, but I at least want to mention the fellow's name. But the first question that actually wasn't answered. Um, what well, kind of was? Ryan Long is his name. And he says, I don't remember reading about how you found the new members of the Big Rec lineup. If there's a story there, I'd like to hear it. You kind of alluded to it, but in a Cole's Notes version, you want to throw that back out there, Ian? Um, well, yeah, it's a long story. But essentially, um, they were the Thornley guys. Like, we'd, we had ended up uh, – Thornley had ended up myself. It was Jeff Burroughs, the drummer from the Tea Party, for a bit. And, uh, and then he, I think it was through him that I'd met Dave McMillan. And honestly, within, within 30 seconds of playing with Dave, um, it reminded me so much of playing with Dave Henning. Like, there's a thing that, that, that bass players, and really good bass players, it's, it's, a, it's an art and it's hard to find. Guys who have, there's a tone and they're, they're a different breed of cat. They truly are. They're like, they're like field goal kickers, you know what I mean? They're just... They're their own thing, and there's just there's a way they touch the thing. There's a way that they think. There's a way that they hear music differently than the rest of us. Um, and and uh, and I had not played. I have not been around that since Dave Henning many years before. And uh, within 30 seconds of playing with him, I think I'd stopped the rehearsal and said, "Will you be my bass player? Like from now on, that's it." And he was like, "Well, ho ho ho!" And typical Dave, like super nice guy. Uh, shy fat well he's probably turned red and I was like no no, no I'm serious I love you <laughs> um, and, and so yeah and then with along with Dave and then there was Paulo on guitar um, yeah and then with with Dave and Paulo is you know he's such an incredible musician and and, and great singer and, and great guitar player um, and then yeah, and it was JB, and then, uh, and then Brian had come back in because Paula was was going on his honeymoon, and a last minute gig showed up, and Brian and I had reconnected, and I was like, "Can you fill in for Paulo?" And uh, he was like, "Sure." So he did the gig with Dave and 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 Jeff Burrows, um, and then it was like, "Oh, oh, I got an idea. What if we did a tour of like half Thornley and half Big Rack, and we brought Brian along?" It was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then we started doing the rehearsals, um, and we had Chris Henry on drums at that point. And 
and during the rehearsals, instead of doing something with Brian and then we bring Paulo, it was like, well, what if we just did with three guitars? I mean, I usually end up putting nine guitars on a, on a track anyway. So what if, what if we, you know, the three of us, and then, uh, you know, as a five piece, I, I'd never even dreamt of that before. And, and then in rehearsal, I couldn't believe how great it sounded, especially with Paulo and Brian. Um, so that was like a fun little toy to play with, you know, because I got I was finally able to divvy up all the parts that were on the records and we were able to do it um, and and doing three part harmonies. And, and just there was a lot more available sound wise. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that that that's how that became that after Chris Henry. Then there was Brad Park uh, and then he was out and then and then Chuck actually flew in um, halfway through a tour because we had auditioned Chuck around the same time that we had Brad Park. Um, and some some stuff went down on the road that wasn't too kosher. And, uh, you know, I won't get into that, but it was uh, essentially it was a pack your bags moment. And then and then uh, and then it was like, well, we need to get somebody. Um, and then Chuck was like, yeah, so basically was learning the songs on the flight out to I think we were in some essentially went into the hall that we were playing and uh ran ran a set with chuck he was just sort of taking a couple notes and it, i was he's a monster it was he's so consistent it kind of freaked me out because he likes to play with a click and and certain songs you can't play with a click because of however the intro is or whatever and um, and a song like the Oaf, where it's like I have this thing set. This and, and nowadays it's not a pedal that can move. It's in a rack and it's not going to move. So I'll set this this tremolo sound is set, and I'm so used to years of playing that song. We play the song. Here's the intro. Beautiful, by the and way. We do the the Oaf, and then we'll do, we'll do the do the verse, and we do the chorus, and then another verse, another chorus, and then we get to the midsection, and it's like whoa. Because the tempo is, has just you know been jacked so much, um, and that's just something. That's one of those things you just kind of get used to. Like, okay, let's settle back into the, you know, the original tempo. Uh, but with Chuck, it was like, what happened there, man? Because it was almost like, it was almost like the tremolo had had been going the whole time. You know, like he he was so locked, I couldn't believe it. I was like, did you have a click? Did you set a click to my tremolo? He said, no. It was just, no, just, just keeping time, just keeping time. And, if, and then, of course, when we put the mics up and, and then, like, you know, I get to see what he's actually doing and how on the grid the guy is, he's a freak. Like, did this happen the day before yesterday? He's doing a pass of a tune where I had already scratched the guitars out just to a click track, Right. Um, I did it like maybe I'd, I'd done where the melody for the vocal melody, like what very, very barren, just just scratched out a guitar left and a guitar right. So here's where it is. And here's the click that was like, it's going to be in this tempo. And then we did a couple passes of it and talked about, well, maybe we'll go to the right here and then a little bit open hats here, that kind of shit. And then, but so here he goes, third take. Um, and it felt so good. It felt so different than the other ones. They didn't feel bad. It just felt a little stiff. This one just felt great. And we got to the end of the take, and like Rats and I are looking at each other like, whoa, man, he is on fire right now. 
And then we did. Chuck comes on and he's like, um, "By the way, uh, Ratsy, could could you turn the click on?" <laughs> no, he's doing it with no click. And I was like, "I've never, I've never heard of that before." Where where you're just playing to the guitars? Like I've heard of guys. We we used to track with no click all the time. We still yeah. will, but it, it's going to be drums are going down first. I mean, I'm, these guitars aren't keepers. This is just guides, right? But the guides were the only thing he was listening to, and the drums were flawless. He's a machine. Anyway, I got a little off topic. That's okay. That's well. That's, that's a great. Well, that's 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 you know that's how we ended up where we are now. Um, Paulo Paulo left just uh, just before we we started touring uh, Gray Street. Okay. Yeah. No. No animosity. Nothing oh, weird. Yeah. He just he just changed paths a little bit, and yep. uh, he has all, all my love and support and best wishes, and I'm sure I do his. Well, Ryan, that's a great question from Ryan Long, and I and I'm a little embarrassed to admit I didn't know about Jeff Burroughs. I work with Jeff Burroughs at uh, one ninety five one one hundred point seven The Rock, which you know Ontario. I worked with them for years there. And um, Paulo, I did a, a small Canadian tour with him. Remember when he was in the band Blush from the West Coast? Remember that band? No. Oh, that was his band long before you. But um, they had a great band from from the West Coast, Blush, and we did a wow. small tour with him. So that's kind of cool. And you never told me about that. Did he wear Blush in the band? Is that what you mean? But man, monster yeah. player, monster player, always. Yeah, he's um, a beast. He is. Yeah. He did a lot of Van Halen stuff too, which was really cool. Which and on the last Paul, which was kind of neat. Um, yeah. Last question here from the Facebook group, and it's I'm gonna less Paulo, by the way. Less Paulo. There you go. Less uh, Paulo. We won't be able to get to too many more questions in the chat. I'm gonna do my very, very best, but and I want to get some. I want to talk about Sean's guitar lessons in a second too. Um, but so Te Ted Perrin from the same uh, Big Wreck Facebook group. He was asking about performing as a three-piece. We've uh, we've already answered that, but he asked um, of Ian maybe one of your most memorable gigs as of late, and maybe share why. Uh, I well, I mean, I, I would say they all have their moments, um, but I would say that yeah, the, the Newfoundland maybe that that one um, maybe and and maybe because. Um, there just wasn't any room to, to, there wasn't any room for fear. You know, the vibe was so, so upbeat and so positive and, uh, you know, it was, there was, yeah, there just wasn't any room to be like, oh man, I hope this goes out. There was just no, um, and I, you know, to be honest, I was sweating, like in the last few shows, I, I was sweating the, the three piece things and, and I think we muscled our way through them pretty well. Um. But there's a difference between muscling through it and getting, getting oh, it's a great gig. We, we did well. There's a difference between that and, and then really enjoying it and really feeling like you uh, you accomplished something or you reached someone, you know, or something. Or it just, you, you get outside yourself for, you know, and I felt like I really needed that and like we did. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of music as, as everybody has life stuff. Family, no. well, it's nice when uh, it's nice when you get to escape, and and actually, in a way, by escaping it, you're able to deal with it in in a very strange. And I don't want to look at that too closely. I don't ever want to try to figure that out, lest it goes away. But there is a there is a certain cleansing that that can happen if it's done if you if you have a gig that uh, that goes well like that. And and it you know what it's part and parcel with the audience. It's a it's a bio-directional thing, I feel, that, um, you know, oftentimes you can walk off stage and be like, yeah, 
I don't think we did that well. And then the audience is like, man, it was great. You know, if you talk to your friends who came to the show, they were like, I've never heard you sound better. And, and you know, there's a, there's a weird disconnect there, which I have a lot of room for. I'm sure that, it, I'm, you know, I have a lot of room for that. But I think when, when, when there's just special moments like that, um, where you're able to bring, you're able to tap into something extra and, and get out of the way and let it happen. Um, you know, especially when, when it's sort of against the odds a little bit, I think, you know, those are, those ones are particularly memorable. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, I've been, I've been very lucky. I've been very blessed that, that I get to play with, with a, a band and, and, and players that, uh, that are that supportive and that great, that musical and that, uh, yeah, both of you. you. Know, I, I've been and 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 that I have that I'm able to play the kind of music where we can do whatever we want. We can try new shit, and and you know the audience is like, all right, let's go with them. You yeah. know that uh, that's I, that's not lost on me. You know how how lucky I've been in, I've been to be able to um, do what I do and 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 have people listen to it and have people come and do it with me. You yeah. Know? Almost write a song on the fly at a gig, like it just kind of a little riff comes to you. You guys follow you, and the fans are like, "Wow, this is great." Yeah, yeah. I think you know. Hopefully, the the, the you know when it's when it's real and it's just kind of happening in the moment. You know, hopefully the audience is is like, "Hey, this is you know, this is fresh and this is brand new, and they're making this up right now." Um, you know that 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 kind of thing is cool. So I think it's cool anyway. I think it's a lost art. Yeah, that's good. That's a great. Uh, too, many, too many bands are playing with track, and and you know you're tied. You're tied down when you're playing with track. You're in a cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a leash. Yeah, I I really I've I've tried it and I hated it. Um, it's great when like thirty vocals come in in the chorus and the acoustics come in in the second verse. Like, wow, this is awesome. But um, there's that. But then there's also there's no push and pull with the tempo. There's no there's no you know what. I'm changing. Boom. And, and then everybody's like, Ooh, we changed. And then everybody's there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, you don't get that freedom. So wait till you go, wait, wait until you get to the pre-course. It goes, jug, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully I never, uh, I never ran into any of that stuff. I know. Actually, I've, I've watched you back in the day when you had some of the tracks going and that always obviously worked well for you. So, you know, knock on wood, that was well, good, you know, back in some of the thorny days and things like that, you know, but um, you know, it was always working but I can see what you mean. You're on a short leash and there's no way to improvise whatsoever. Well, the Thornley stuff, there wasn't any improv going on anyway. No. Well, I mean, there was, there was to a certain degree, um, you know, I, 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 I miss playing with Seiko. We still, we still flirt with each other that we're going to start another, another project. And I'm sure we will, we'll do something. Um, and I've played with him since and I, I just adore, I, and he's a tremendous musician with uh, just an endless flow of, of ideas um, so, and, and we would get into some different things, uh, but certainly nothing that was too outside the scope of the songs. And that's the way those songs were crafted. They were all, you know, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, B. Yeah. Stock. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that stuff. You know, it's just nope. not, it's not really nor was it, truth be told, but you know you got to try everything once. That's what that's what I hear. I agree. I agree. To jump back to the chat for a quick second, we're going to come back to Sean in a second here. Uh, Quentin James is here, good friend of ours here on the channel. Um, and Brandon Hastings says, so this might be something Ian can't answer, but we'll ask anyways. 
Does Ian, what's the deal with the secret pedal in your rig? There's a rig rundown in which there's a pedal you said you couldn't talk about. When are we going to hear about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, keep that. Yeah, I'll pass. That's a pass for another one. So you'll, you'll. It's the, it's the, it's the I, I can't, if I even start describing it, you're going to know. No, stop there. Stop there. Yeah. Ian, Ian will maybe give us a little bit of a sneak peek down the road. We'll come back and I'm so sorry, okay. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's good coming down the pipe. It's still in the proto prototype stage. No problem. Uh, Daryl McMillan. Best prototype ever. Let us know. We can't wait. I, I think I might know. I actually, I, I think I do know because we had this conversation before, but I'm not going to go anywhere with this. I'm not even going to elude anything else because I'm, I'm going to say too much too. We'll talk about it off the air another night. Um, let me see here. Uh, Daryl McMillan says, I didn't realize this broadcast was coming. I just recently discovered Big Wreck and now I'm a huge fan. Awesome. Daryl, please also check out the links down below for Sean's stuff. If you haven't discovered Sean's stuff, you're in a treat because these guys are like brothers from another mother. Trust me on this one. Um, Ted Parent says the St. John's gig was amazing. The guys looked like they were having a blast. Love to hear that. Bobby Clipper is here. Jason Hobbs, thanks, Ian, for answering several questions. Tessie Switch, Rob is here. Uh, fantastic to see you here, Rob. Uh, nice to see you. Let me see here. Many anybody else I'm missing? I know we're running a little bit. Ted Perrin, go on YouTube and search Blown Wide Open, Iceberg Alley Performance. Uh, see them as a three-piece. I'll have to look that up for sure. Uh, Troy Harris, uh, been through a million girls. Richard Henry, I love Sean's YouTube channel. My bank account does not. There you go. Obviously, Sean's making everyone buy these. Uh, not making, but encouraging people to buy these products because they sound so good. Um, a bunch of other regulars here. I'm Sucking Wind is here. Cool YouTube name, Mel O'Brien. 4.20 a.m. for It's only 3.30 over there. That's late. Some diehard fans. Frank Corcoran is here. Mel O'Brien, time to go outside and check for UFOs. Yep, okay. They probably could be around. At least in Canada, we might have some weird ones. Uh, Leon Keaton's here. Um, let me see here. Who else we got? David Suzuki. Um, okay, David Suzuki, how do you fix a guitar when this, the strings are too far from the frets? Go buy another guitar. <laughs> uh, that's all because that's that's a short answer because we're out of time almost out of time here no <laughs> take it to the lo local music shop you can pretty much uh address a trust rod in most cases and things like that but i want to jump back over to sean now sean are you still doing guitar lessons you're doing skype lessons and can people um purchase them from you actually i i'm, I'm actually <laughs> yeah like ian i can show you everything i know in about three minutes everything you know showing me is going to take a lifetime uh, um, actually, I don't do Skype lessons anymore, okay. um, but what I'm working on, if I can just, for the love of God, figure out how to do tabs and count frets, I'm working on doing kind of a jam tracks thing where you can download jam tracks or you can download jam tracks with me taking a dumbass solo and then I'll teach you the goofball solo via tabs and i'll try to explain what i don't know what i'm doing but you'll have the tabs so it'll maybe work that's what i'm working on the the skype thing became very difficult because it, it it's just hard to allocate the time right um and and as much as i i truly enjoyed getting to meet so many really sweet uh actually amazing guitar players some of these guitar players they would play for me and i'd be like uh, I go, but you're way better than me. So, but yeah, I, I honestly am kind of leaning away from Skype, but I, I am trying to figure out how to do the tablature thing, which I have never done and have never understood. Robert but, is your guy. Yeah, Robert. And, and so as soon as I learn how to like count frets and understand like eighth notes, 
<laughs> Somehow that that's the plan. Um, what I do is very simple. It really is. And I think if I can just have the tablature and then do brief video explanations that people can get a hold of via subscription or whatever it ends up being, which utterly confuses me. Um, that's, that's the plan because I want to help. I want to show people what I'm doing, but what I'm doing is ridiculously simple. And every time I did a Skype lesson, I found that every single student tried to overcomplicate it and turn it into something that I've never thought it was. So as much as I love the one-on-one, -on -one, it's just too hard to allocate the time. So yep. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try and figure out how to, I really want to do it. I truly do. And I'm so blessed that anybody would be at all interested in what I do. I truly am. No, I think that's perfect because now you're going to create a digital product instead of doing the one-on-one -on -one thing, which is awesome. I, I hear what you're saying. They sometimes overcomplicate it. It's like making, instead of manufacturing box by box by box of products, mm -hmm. um, now you have one product. It's a digital product. You put it out there. Well, I mean, there could be several lessons, but mm -hmm. uh, your instruction, a video with some tablature, I think that's going to reach more people. They can do it in their own time. They don't feel right. sometimes, because you know, you said some of the students might be like phenomenal. Some of them might not be as much. Then there's probably some intimidation factor when they call you on Skype. I, I, I know what it'd be like if I'm talking to you or Ian, I'm like, can you show me how to play this? And I'd be like, you know, I'd be embarrassed to, to show you what I could do. And they're like that possibly too. So now they take it in their home. They can rewind it, play it again and again and again. So I think it's a fantastic avenue. I wish you the best on it. And I do Thanks. think Robert Baker would be a good, um, He's he may not be here still, but just pick his brain because mm -hmm. he's, I mean, he's kind of the king of tabs on, uh, on YouTube. And I think that you could have a viable thing there. And I think it would be uh, very, very successful. Um, I want to jump back to Ian just for a quick second. And there's a question here, which I know I, I totally know the answer to this one here. And I think it was from the big rec uh, Facebook group. I'll let Ian answer it, but I do think this always comes down to promoters. You know, people always want people play. Can you play in Japan? Can you play on the moon? Can you play in, in Ontario? Um, and David McKay, a good, good Mackie, a very good, honest question says for Ian, will big rec ever tour Australia? Ian. Um, I'd love to. I do, you know what? Anywhere that people always say on, if it's not Instagram, it's Facebook. I always get always get notes about why don't you play here? Why don't you tour here? Why don't you? And and it's like, man, I don't recall ever saying I don't want to play there to any. There's no. I mean, maybe the Arctic. I don't want to go to. Um, there's maybe like two or three spots I'd be like I'd be reluctant to go to depending on the time of year. But um, even that's logistical, right? I mean, yeah, more, more I, than I, not. Honestly, yeah. and I'm, I'm making a joke. Of course I'll play in Alaska. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? I, I just like there's, it's, it really, it has almost nothing to do with me, save me just going into my savings account, buying a ticket to fly somewhere, and then going into a coffee shop with a rented acoustic guitar because I wouldn't be able to afford to fly a guitar over uh, and, and saying, can I, can I play your coffee shop for a bit? You know, it really is, uh, it's that dire out there. I, you know, it would have to, there would have to be a promoter um, in Australia or in Germany or in Poland or in Italy or in the South of the U S um, or in the, in the Northeast of the U S there'd have to be a promoter there. Um, who's willing to either a promote the shit out of the show or or potentially lose his shirt because there's not enough fans there 
um, because it's not cheap to fly people anywhere or to get them, you know, to get a band, you know, it just doesn't. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, a, you know, it, it does come down to money and, and it comes down to uh, back in the, in the, in the old days, um, your label, there was just such a thing called, called uh, tour support from, from a label where they would dump a, a bunch of money in, into, into a band um, uh, under the, you know, under the guise of we're investing in your career, but it really they're investing in a single or, or in a, the potential of selling a bunch of records on a particular album. But uh, at the end of the, the, at the end of all that, it, basically what it means is that you get to tour and you get to play places. Um, even if there's three or four people in the audience, and in many cases, in our case, in, in many instances, there were three or four people in the audience, certainly in the States, certainly in Canada, um, and we've played every corner of North America, I can assure you. But um, nowadays, if we can if we can pack a place that seats 2,400 here, um, and a promoter knows that, they're going to put a, a certain a certain amount of money up. That guys who have like myself, I have a, I have like there's there's a family, and you know. Um, money is is not what it used to be in the music industry. Not that it was ever a wonderful thing, um, but it you know it's going to be hard for me to say no because I'm gonna I'm gonna go hop into a minivan. I don't have to be honest. Uh, I'm gonna go take out a loan of fifty thousand dollars so I can go in a minivan and tour in wherever. It just uh, it's not feasible. It's not gonna. It's it's not something that'll happen without um, somebody with a with deep pockets and um, and faith, so in belief in the band. Um, and and you know what? I'm not saying it'll never happen because those people are out there, and there are um, there are situations where certain bands, especially bands that have a catalog and a history, um, like us, um, can can find a find a uh, an area. That they're that they've never played before, um, they can find a market outside of of um, you know. For us, it's obviously Canada and certain spots in the states. You can find a market somewhere else where it's like, wait a second, something's happening here, and these people are into the music, um, and they're digging they're digging back into your catalog, and and um, you know, I've I've heard of stranger things than that happening. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not out of the cards. It's just very very difficult. Um, I like how you said deep pockets and faith. And the funny thing about that is the two sometimes don't go hand in hand and you might find someone may not have the deep pockets, but they got the faith, but that person with the faith, he or she knows someone with the deep pockets and they get together. Cause that's what I, I obviously finances are everything, but yeah. faith in making a success. I think sometimes I, I know this sounds very, very silly, but sometimes the faith is more important than the finances. You're not going to, you aren't going to get there without the finances, but the faith comes first. Yeah. Finances, you'll find it. Honestly, yeah, and, and, and anyone who's um, ever, I don't know, you guys both know, um, it's its never, you wouldn't be in, I wouldn't be doing this if it was about money. Right. You know? I could care less. Like, I, I just, I need enough to make sure that, that, that you know, Sophia's got clothes and she's fed and that we can, we can afford to keep the lights on and the heat going in the winter and we can afford to eat. Um, 
you know, and, and it's not like, like my partner, Tyler, she's no slouch either. Like we both work and we both, but there's no, you know, there's nobody's, nobody's going out and, and it just, it, it's no, it's all a big, it's a big myth. I love, I love the myth. <laughs> you know, no chance Rolls Royces, right? You know, doing so well. I, I love that myth. Um, yeah. But no, it's all, it, it, I, and I've never perpetuated. I could care less. I don't give a shit. But it, it's, uh, if I get enough money to, to just sort of get by making music every day, I'm, I'm happy as a clam. It sounds, that sounds trite and, and childish, but it's true, man. It really is. I get the best job in the world. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that I can't, play everywhere that uh that people want to see us i i it really is I, i'm bummed out i'd love to go to australia i'm a little you know a little freaked out by giant bugs and shit like that but whatever you know <laughs> fine you know there's nothing wrong with living I'd love, to, I'd love to go to australia i'd love to go to a lot of places um but you know yeah if somebody there wants to put up the dough for sure Right. I'll be there well, I'll be there in like a 24-hour flight or whatever. Right. There's nothing wrong with living by the myth, though. Here's a funny one to end the evening here uh, before we get an, a little bit of analogy on that guitar that you're holding. Back in the day, David Lee Roth, you know, uh, I won't say what. There was, there was this rumor that he had one of his body parts insured. Um, or actually, no, it was paternity insurance. Sorry. is paternity insurance, whatever. And that was never true. But Dave's like, don't tell anybody it's not. Yeah. Right? You know? So there you go. So now, I got a lot of guitars. It's because I'm loaded. That's right. So talking about guitar, what if what was it you were just holding? Was that the 65 Strider? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is the Roughneck. This is the one. This is a sword. Can you get that on the? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a little bracelet that my daughter made for me wrapped around the. Nice. Um, yeah, it's got my name lasered on the back of the headstock there. Nice. Uh, but yeah, this is the this is the one that they the most recent. Um, my favorite. It goes with me everywhere. It's basically like a necklace. And there's here's these little sneaky little guys here. Just yeah. Wow. Push push. Yeah. It's wonderful. I I, I can't get enough of this thing. The neck is super flamey on it. Bam. Yeah. yeah. That's Don't, beautiful, man. Well, they're the best over there. It's well, just, the difference between a push pull and a push push. Obviously, say uh, what is a preference? Push push. It's, well, if the knobs are like this, if they're the if they're these knobs, you won't push push. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like I, you know, I'm not going to do. Like, <clears throat> hang yeah. on a second. Hang on a second. Like no, if I want like that single coil, or like in this case, if I want to go to parallel, just like as I'm at the mic, I can reach down, go like that, and we're good to go. Yeah, gotcha. So, that makes sense. Another thing, like you know, like when you say like the guitars are tools, and 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 Sean's right because they really are. Um, for me, especially live, having something like this, it's more like a like a leather man or a Swiss army knife or whatever. It's just, this is that I can get, I can get 90% of the way there uh, for most of the tones that I would use on a given night. Um, only it'll stay in tune better than uh, a Les Paul or, you know, do you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. know. Well, no, that's, a, that's exactly what that white uh, Sir Classic Pro I have is, that's exactly it. It's just yeah. it covers so many bases, and that yeah, that guitar is beautiful. Ian. Hey, really quick, so you, how old's your daughter? Fourteen. Nice. I've got a fifteen and an eighteen. Oh. My eighteen just I just dropped her off at college, and that's oh, could oh. <laughs> be hard. I have a twelve-year-old here as well too. That's oh, yeah. the clock is ticking, gentlemen. I'm telling you. 
Someone, <laughs> someone asked her earlier in the chat. I didn't want to mention it because it wasn't it wasn't important because it was about me and I, I don't care. But I'll say it because just because you guys will appreciate it. Yeah. Someone asked about that guitar back there. My son has cooler guitars than I do. The white one. Yeah. Someone asked, "What's that white guitar?" And Junior, who's twelve, he's got an Eastwood Airline. Nice, beautiful guitar. Uh, Fifty nine three P Deluxe Bigsby on it. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous of my kids' guitars. And uh, he's he's got uh, oh, it's it's just awesome. He's he's pretty awesome. His kids are the best, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that guitar reminds me of my. I had a national. T- oh my God, what's that? That's Makuta Caster. Nice. <laughs> Those are lollers in there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I've been do- I've been putting a lot of miles on this thing lately. It's yeah. Just a fun. Um, I can't believe it's because I'm such a Rye Cooter nut. It's taken me so long to actually get um, a Cooter. Well, at least to, I I always wanted to try that. The, the lap steel pickup in the bridge and now I'm just I'm in love with it mm-hmm. I bought there was one I was it online there was one and it was cheap it was I think like eight or nine hundred bucks or something like that and it was it was a like an like it was a Chinese or a Mexican strap with those guts in it which is all the lawless stuff and all the right with the gold foil and and I was like okay I can spend that money and just yeah. ace the guitar. Like so, I, I basically my guitar tech. I was like, take the guts out of there, mm-hmm. put it in that guitar. You can have the you can have the other guitar. He said, okay, it'll be done. It was done a half hour later. So yeah, no, I, I love that. It's well, it's like that guitar behind uh, Eric. It's like uh, it was well, my my dad gave me that guitar, but it was a, a '53 National Town and Country. And when we moved to California in nineteen late nineteen seventy eight. We got robbed. Oh. oh, so that guitar was stolen along with uh, Willie Nelson's. I think he still uses the amp. It's this old Baldwin two by twelve amp. Okay, I ha- I had that amp. That's that's what I played that guitar through. And so I, every time I glance behind Eric, it, it, even though that's not the same guitar, I think, oh, National Town and Country. Oh, yeah. it's breaking my heart because you know that's that's my roots, my pops. Gave me that guitar, and those things will never go away, right? No. You'll be looking for that guitar for the rest of your life. Oh, and I still have my my pops turned seventy five, and I tried, for the love of God, to find the exact guitar, and I found one. I found it on Reverb, and someone snatched it up on me. So I was gonna buy it, and maybe the same guy that teeth the other one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, man. But it yeah. got snatched. It got snatched up, and I couldn't give it to him for a certain wow. It's that like it, it's things like that. It's like guitars just have a certain, yeah. I that's not obviously not the same guitar, but every time no. I look at that, I'm like, oh man, I had a national town and country with my pops. It was his guitar. It's the reason I play guitar. It got stolen, and yeah, it's crazy. I wish I wish you could find it. This one here came to oh. some, something totally different. I mean, nothing yeah. is nostalgic as that, but it's still pretty cool. Um, we all have our guitar heroes and junior, his one of his guitar heroes. I wish I could say it was Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. uh, but it happens to be Jeff Wooten from the band gorillas and, and a different style. Oh, and he's made me great band. I love yeah. them to death. He, yeah. he go to a concert last year and I didn't want to leave. And, uh, we're going down, um, air Canada center, Toronto, uh, up Ian's way next week, actually. And, uh, we've got the VIP backstage and stuff. So we're going to interview because actually the cool thing is when we got that guitar sent to us from Eastwood, they sent us an extra pick guard. We th- we sent the pick guard over to England along with a vinyl cover, a vinyl uh, jacket, whatever, and the, all the gorillas of the band signed the pick guard and the jacket. 
So we're going to meet him in Toronto. We're going to get that back and do a little bit of an interview backstage. So Junior's going to be in his glory. Oh my God. Yeah. I like, so we're we're very close that way. Like, and we're, he's 12 years old. He inspires me. So uh, the youth is the future for sure. But gentlemen, Thank you so very, very much. This was an absolute pleasure. I'm so bummed we didn't have Chelsea Constable here, but we will do a return invitation to her. She will be she'll be back, and we'll have the three of you because she loves you guys as much as um, we all do. Um, I wish, um, Sean, I think you're onto something really great with the tabs and lessons. Knock that out of the park. And if I can be of any help, but just to pick brains or talk to Robert Baker or anybody like that, happy to assist. Ian, keep doing what you're doing. I hope I hope you're feeling 100% better over the next couple of days. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, come spring after Nam. Um, okay, a quick question. Both of you doing Nam this year, the winter? I I make it out to Nam. Okay. I'm, I'm, I made actually too. Okay, good. I'm not playing. I don't think. Okay, because that's the last time I saw you was Winter Nam 2017. We met up there. It was kind of the uh, brotherhood of the mustaches and and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of cool back in the day. Except you're, and I remember trying to. I'm, I'm a tall dude myself, but standing next to Ian, I looked like I was, um, uh, you know, kind of sitting. That was a little bit of an awkward photo. Me, you, and Pete Thorne. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm not growing a damn mustache, but I might. Butterfly, man. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. Well, I'll put it this way: I haven't shaved in like two months. If that tells you anything. Oh dear. Okay, but, well, I think we I will maybe have you beat a little bit. I could, I could also I'll shave tonight, and then I'll do on my show on Sunday. I'll have it back. So. He's got to dress up as Derek Smalls, man. That's all I want to see. I knew it. Another thing that has the ring and the straps. That go, you yes. know what I mean? Oh I yeah, I'm in. Oh, that's easy. I'm in. I had a guy give me a comment. Derek Smalls, and and I'll be, uh, I'll be. What's the other guy? St. Hubbins. St. Hubbins. We are going to be rich, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Final tap reunion. Here we go. Gentlemen, I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. Thank you, everyone, so very, very much uh, for tuning in uh, this evening. And I'm off this Sunday. No Helix Hour this Sunday. However, I'm launching a brand new show Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. That's like the other time. Um, it's called Rocking Dead. If you're fans of the Walking Dead talk show, brand new talk show starting uh, Monday nights. And my very first guest is Lou Temple, who played Axel in season three of The Walking Dead. He's played in every movie where his character dies. Um, he just He's a character that dies in every movie. For the younger fans, uh, he played in Rango. He's played in Denzel Washington's Unstoppable, Rob Zombie movies. He's a good friend of mine. We're going to kick off Rocking Dead Monday. So I hope you can come over and say hi and uh, wish me luck on, on my fourth show, which is making this mustache go even greater than what it is. Um, but it's all a labor of love. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Be safe out there. Ian, Sean, everyone, links down below, please. There's a there's a plethora of links. Every single one you're going to click on is going to bring you fame and fortune and wellness and good uh, prosperity and lots of guitar mojo. Click the links, subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Share this video. If you're new here tonight for the first time, please subscribe. Uh, share the video. I will work just as hard to keep you as a subscriber as I did to get you here, I promise. And um, I can even come cut your grass if you need once in a while, too, once I cut mine. Everyone, we'll see you very soon. And until next time, cheers. Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. 
there are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at EVHGearDiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.